The first reading is the account of the call of Samuel and the great prophet of the Hebrew scriptures after Moses. In the calls both of Nathaniel and of Samuel, the person called is not at first impressed by the call. The first reading this morning comes from the first book of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lie down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again, a third time. And he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make both ears of anyone who hears of it tingle. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I am about to punish his house forever for the inequity that he knew because his sons were blaspheming God and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be expiated by sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay there until morning, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he said, here I am. Eli said, what was it that I told you? Do not hide it from me. My God, do so to you and more also, if you hide anything from me of all that I, that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Then he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems to be good for him. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. 
Baptism frees Jesus' followers from the constraints of the law, but that, this does not mean that Christians have no moral obligations. Our actions should give honor and glory to God. A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Do not do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall become one flesh. But anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body. But the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. You may be seated. This is a really interesting set of lessons to have to preach on, especially that middle one all about fornication. Gee, what do you do with that on a Sunday morning? So I'm going to start by telling a story, and I'm going to come back around to the lessons and then see if I can't weave them into this story. It was Wednesday this past week, um, Wednesday morning, and in fact I was reading these lessons getting ready to go to the um, clergy Bible study that I go to on Wednesday afternoon. And in the kitchen, um, Elaine and Laurel were cooking soup for the, um, the next day for the lunch and learn uh, for our parish nurse ministry. Um, lots of activity going on out there, um, people coming and going. And someone walked through the front door, 
a woman and, and walked into the parish hall and sat down at one of the tables like she belonged there. I thought maybe I sort of recognized her, but she certainly wasn't a member of Advent. And um, I thought, well, maybe if she's coming for the lunch and learn, she's a day early. She's got that wrong. Um, I stuck my head in Cookie's office and said, is anything supposed to be happening here today? And she said, yeah, the shawl ministry at 1 o'clock. So I went into the parish hall and I asked this woman, are you here for the shawl ministry? And she said, yes. I said, well, you're about an hour early. And Cookie came over and, and of course, the cooks had made coffee. And Cookie said, you can stay and have coffee and they'll be here at at 1. And, And oh, no, she said, I've got things to do, but I'll be back. So off she went, and I left before she came back to get to the clergy Bible study. And I talked to some of the the shawl ministry people um, later and asked who that was. Well, she has come to the exercise class on Thursdays, so that's why I thought I recognized her, and and I've seen her in the building. Um, Hilda, another neighbor, has come to the exercise class um, and also has come to some of the quilters' um, sessions and the shawl ministry as well. Hilda doesn't drive anymore, and she lives just down the street. She can walk here. She's German, speaks with a German accent. Well, it turns out Hilda came to Thanksgiving here at church because she heard the invitation at the exercise class. This other woman also came to Thanksgiving um, and sat next to Hilda. Now, they didn't know each other before Thanksgiving, And Hilda then said to her at Thanksgiving, you know, you ought to come to the shawl ministry. It's really fun, to the one one o'clock on Wednesday. You'd enjoy them. That's pretty cool. How often does it happen that a non-member of your church invites a person she just met to come to a ministry of your church? Well, it turns out she fit right in. They had a great time um, at the shawl ministry. Um, uh, you know, she's like she was belonged there all along. So how does this story have anything to do with these lessons? When Samuel has his vision, the narrator tells us that visions were rare in those days. No one, Samuel didn't yet know the Lord. This parish nurse ministry started in 2010. 2010 was kind of a tough year for Advent. We didn't have enough money in the budget. Um, And here we were paying for this parish nurse ministry. Of course, we'd gotten the grant from the diocese. But it created a lot of friction. New things going on in the building, not enough money, a lot of of anxiety in the place around 2010. And, of course, when Samuel does get his vision, it's not a particularly happy one. God says, things are going to go wrong for Eli. We're going to clean house and start over. So we had to make some changes. Um, that's, that's the vision. How does the Corinthians lesson fit with this? That's a little bit of a harder reach. Paul says, essentially, that what we do individually affects us all collectively. You wouldn't take a member of the body of Christ and join it to a prostitute because in doing so, you join the whole body to the prostitute. The problem, of course, is that it makes a commodity out of somebody, particularly the prostitute and the person who visits. And Paul says, but you have been bought with a price. You are not your own. Don't go making commodities out of yourself. And then he says something that I just think is wonderful. He says, your plural body, singular, is the temple of the Lord among you doesn't mean my body is the temple of the Lord. It doesn't mean your body is the temple of the Lord. It means our body together 
is the temple of the Lord among us. So what we do affects everyone. That can be negative. The CO2 that my car emits causes desertification over there in Africa, which creeps up on our friends in Louis. It can also have positive effect. The things that we do send out all kinds of of ramifications and ripples, and one thing affects another, and you've got strangers walking in through the front door to come visit a ministry of your church. And then there's the call of Nathaniel. Philip says, we found the one about whom Moses and the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathaniel says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? We might say, can anything good happen at Church of the Advent? Come and see. And so when he's coming along, Jesus sees him and, and says, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. He's, he's contrasting him with Jacob. Jacob, of course, was just full of deceit. You remember the story, right? Jacob treated his, cheated his brother Esau out of his birthright cheated his father Isaac out of the blessing that was meant for Esau, cheated Laban out of two daughters and all of his livestock, and when he has his vision, he's running away from Esau for fear that Esau will kill him, sleeping in the open with a a rock for a pillow. God essentially has to hit him on the head with a rock to get his attention, and he sees this ladder going up and down wakes up and says, surely God was in this place and I didn't know it. He anoints the stone and that becomes the sanctuary of Bethel, one of the first temples of God. So, we collectively, our bodies together, are the temple of God. We are the place where God interfaces with the world, sends God's messengers back and forth from us, for the governing of the world. That's what those angels are doing. And Jesus says, after Nathaniel says, you are the, the, the son of God, the king of Israel, he says, you will see greater things than these. You will see the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man, on the human being. The whole point of John's gospel is that Jesus replaces the temple. How do we know where God is? We know it through community. Jesus in community, we know it through there. So, a stranger walks through our door, invited to a ministry. Let me tell you a little bit more of the story. The vestry met last week. We went into our annual meeting at the beginning of 2011 with a $12,000 deficit budget. We saw the financial report for end of year 2011, and there's a $7,000 surplus. Boy, how'd that happen? And then, just the week before that vestry meeting, I went out to the mailbox and got the mail. And there was an envelope from St. Martin's Church with my name typed on it, not a label stuck on it. And usually when I see one of those from another church in the diocese, it's a request for a letter of transfer. Somebody has moved or, you know, reactivated in a long time and they want their letter of transfer. So I'm thinking that's what it is. I opened it up and the letter is from the treasurer of St. Martin's Church. And it starts out, we had a garage sale thinking, why are you telling me this? They raised a lot of money at their garage sale, and they decided, the vestry, to divide it up four different ways and give it to outreach. And enclosed with that was a check for $1,552 and some odd cents 
for the parish nurse ministry. Who knew, right? Um, We started out 2011 without a dollar in the budget for that ministry. And there is money in the bank to fund that ministry through June of this year. Jacob woke up and said, surely God was in this place and I didn't know it. Look at the kinds of connections that has made. Somebody walks in on a Wednesday to be part of a ministry of a church that she doesn't belong to because she met a friend who doesn't belong to the church who said, I think you'd enjoy it. Wow. Surely God was in this place and we didn't know it. Amen.